Hey everyone, this is Peter Vantine at First Love Ministries. Earlier today, Mark and I were discussing Easter Sunday and the importance of the resurrection. And I was just really struck by uh, some of his insight and I asked him if we could record it. So this isn't polished, it's just a um, off-the-cuff recording. But I think you'll really enjoy hearing these words and this encouragement. So let's listen in now to Mark. Well, this past weekend was what we all call Easter weekend, and I'm hoping and praying that you all had a great experience as you gathered together at the church in your local setting and celebrated the resurrection. I want to say a few things about resurrection because when we had family dinner on Sunday afternoon and found out where some of my friends and Even some of my kids went to different churches. We got to talking about what they heard that day, and um, it it just caused me to want to speak up a little bit more specifically about resurrection because of the importance of resurrection and how rarely we actually do talk about it. But without resurrection, we really have nothing. Um, Paul couldn't have said that much more clearly than he did in 1 Corinthians 15, that if Jesus isn't raised, then we're still in our sins, and we've given up everything, and so we're to be most pitied, because then there's no future. And then he even goes so far as to say that we're lying about God, because we've said that God did it. But I think at the very core of it, more important than anything else, is that without resurrection, we are still in our sins. Without resurrection, Jesus' claim that he was not dying for his own sin, as we all have to do, that because he was without sin, because he was perfect, he was able to die for our sins. It was an incredible claim, but without resurrection, the claim would be utterly meaningless because he would have gone the way that every human being has before and since him that we all die and we stay dead. But the fact that he rose on the third day, it's not even so much that he rose as it was that God raised him. This is the testimony, really, of Acts 2 through 5, those first handful of messages where the apostles are sharing about the turn of the events. Um, in fact, before I even get to that, I, I found myself when I was senior pastor that I actually challenged my church to change the name of the main holidays, to stop calling it Christmas and Easter, that we would call it Incarnation Day and Resurrection Day, because there's so much focus on, on Christmas about this baby that was born into the world, and you think, oh my gosh, every single day there are thousands upon thousands of babies born. The miracle wasn't that a baby was born. The miracle was that in fulfillment of prophecy, God came to earth, Emmanuel, God with us, became that mysterious both human and God person, both to show us who God really is in the form that we would best know and understand, being just like us to die for our sins, and to give us the hope of a future. It's Incarnation Day. 
That's what makes it miraculous. That's what makes it worth talking about. That's what makes it worth celebrating is that it wasn't just any baby being born. It was what was so unique and special about that baby that God had become a man and dwelt among us. Well, the same thing with Easter, that Easter's been reduced to chocolate and bunnies, and even the word Easter isn't rooted in any kind of Judeo-Christian history. It seems that we should call it Resurrection Day. Resurrection Day, this is what we celebrate, was the day God raised Jesus from the dead, saying yes to everything that Jesus said and did. As C.S. Lewis once said, that Jesus only leaves us with three options, and one of them's not at all whether or not we think he's a good teacher or a good guy. Lewis says that we only have three options. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Well, the bottom line is, is that without resurrection, he would have been a liar and a lunatic, making claims that were utterly absurd that he, a human being, could die for the sins of the world. No, it's because he was more than that. But it's because God raised him from the dead in every one of the stories, every one of the sermons, every one of the messages that the apostles preached in those first four chapters of Acts. It's what God did over and over and over. God did this. God did that. God in fulfilling all the prophecies. God in fulfilling and accomplishing all that he promised beforehand. God who has been at work in history. They say that what he decided beforehand to do. The amazing thing is that this, in those first four chapters, it's about the culmination to that point in history of all that God had been doing. One of the verses even um, refers back to Genesis. When God didn't just choose Abraham, but that through Abraham... He would also bring salvation to all the world, to all the nations. This was God's plan from the beginning. God was fulfilling His plan. And the road to Emmaus, from the perspective of those two disciples, they're looking at it from below. They're looking at it from their own immediate perspective that, oh my gosh, you know, the one we'd hoped, the text says, would be would be the, the, bring the redemption of Israel, would redeem Israel. And from their perspective, it was just a complete tragedy. And then Jesus comes along and points them to Scripture and shows how, no, this has been something God's been doing from the beginning, and that this weekend was actually fulfilling Scripture, fulfilling God's promises, fulfilling His Word. And the best part of all is that Jesus is the one telling them after he was risen from the dead. The proof is right before them. Living, talking, eating, sharing, showing. God raised Jesus from the dead, which said yes to everything Jesus said and did. And the best part about it is that it's also eyewitnesses. That it's not just something that some rabbi or teacher shared with them, but Jesus is showing them something that's absolutely amazing in terms of Scripture being fulfilled. But what's even more amazing is that they're hearing it from him, risen from the dead. He's the proof that it's all true. And then what's amazing is that it causes them to be bold. In those first four chapters, each time they're explaining themselves and explaining the message, sharing the message that it's always rooted in what God did, 
what God did to fulfill the scriptures. We're eyewitnesses of it. We can bear witness. The Holy Spirit came, filled us, touched us, changed us. And now we've become witnesses, sharing the story of what God did. And of course, I love in, a, in Acts 5 where somehow the religious leaders think they can stop this by killing them. And Gamaliel stops them and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Remember these two previous guys who were some kind of upstart, Thutis and Judas? So just give it time. If it's not God, it'll go away. But if it's God, you'll be in big trouble because you're fighting God, not man. This is God's doing and nothing's going to stop him. For this reason, we actually celebrate Pentecost, too. It's sad to me sometimes that there's many churches in different traditions. They don't even know when Pentecost Sunday is, much less celebrate it. But truthfully, Pentecost is so important because the Spirit was poured out because of what Jesus did also in fulfillment of prophecy. But most important, that's how all the rest of us become witnesses. That it's true that Jesus has risen from the dead because by the Spirit and when we believe, not only are sins forgiven, but by His Spirit He comes into our heart and His Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are God's children. It's not just a faith that we give mental assent to. It's a faith that we experience right in the very core of our being, in our hearts, His Spirit together with our spirit. And so that we too continue to bear witness. We too continue to tell the story. But it's more than a story. We've been put in the story and we bear witness as ones who believed and then had sins forgiven, filled with the Spirit, life changed. And that we too want to tell others that what God's been doing from the beginning, He's still doing. He's still trying to reach out and reconcile sinners, rebellious people. He wants to be reconciled to them, to give them the life that they were intended for. And then what's amazing, too, is in all of those four messages, there's one spot where he, um, I think it's Peter who explicitly says that he's up in heaven right now, but at some point, God's going to bring closure to all time. And also, in fulfillment to Scripture, the end will come. See, it's Resurrection Day but it's also a fulfillment day. Preparation for the Spirit to be poured out day. Proof day. Evidence day. It's just so much more than just simply Jesus was raised from the dead. God raised him from the dead. This is our testimony. It is about God and what God accomplished through Jesus and continued by sending out the Spirit. And so what did we call Pentecost Sunday? Invasion Day. Invasion Day. Why? Because now by His Spirit, what He began through one person, Christ Jesus our Lord, He now continues in the whole earth through every one of His people who believe and receive who are now equipped with the same power, with the same love, with the same message, with the same understanding, with the same perspective, backed by the very same God, who so wants all to come to a knowledge of the truth, all of them to come into relationship with Him. So all three days are so incredibly powerful. I think they're worth renaming. Incarnation Day, Resurrection Day, Invasion Day. But most of all, I'm sharing with you why I think 
Resurrection Day is something so extraordinarily wonderful that I just want to challenge everybody, tell the whole story. It's not just that Jesus was risen, that somehow Jesus raised on his own. This is God's story. This is God's doing. This is God backing Jesus, supporting Jesus, bearing his own witness and testimony to the truth of all that Jesus said and did. And so I pray today that you would also just continue to revel in Resurrection Day, revel in the wonder of it, and invite people into the story. That they don't just have to believe for the forgiveness of sins, but they get to be a part of His story, filled with His Spirit and become a part of that mission and that story until the day He returns. Love you, God bless you, and have a great one. What a great reminder. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of your whole story. You know, we'd like to partner with you on sharing First Love's mission. And it comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, where John writes, We love because he first loved us. So if you'd like to partner with us and learn more about First Love Ministries, you can check us out on the website at firstloveministries.org or come follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Hope you all have a great day. God bless. over